Welcome to Coffee and Change. I'm Bill Kirst. As a business professional, a U.S. veteran, a lifelong learner, and an active listener, I help others navigate, understand, and adapt to our ever-changing workplace and world. As a third culture kid, I call many places home. Presently, Seattle is where I explore my creativity through the power of words and images. In this podcast, we journey with our guests, gaining knowledge and inspiration from their stories. Today's story comes to us from Sharon Laflamme. Sharon focuses her work and passion on helping others change and grow through what is referred to as somatic experiences. In studying the power of somatic, Sharon seeks to liberate people from the habits, traumas, and beliefs that are creating unhappiness, poor health, lack of fulfillment, and stagnation in their life. Sharon empowers and teaches others these skills to create serenity and healing in our world using our own energetic makeup. Enjoy the discussion. doing well it's been a crazy couple weeks but um i'm i'm reaching for balance takes takes a couple steps but i'm reaching for balance i find that harder and harder as these days go by i mean it's implemented in the head really easily oh i know what i need to do or want to do or what i how i want to feel at peace in my body and then something happens (laughs) yeah we start off with these wonderful, clear intentions, but something happens along the way. So um, how are you? I'm doing very, very well. I've been very busy and, um, you know, I feel really good. I, I feel like life is good. I have felt that way since COVID started. I think I might have told you. I, I feel like... I'm progressing in my evolution better than ever. And I actually thank COVID for some of it. Yeah, I I shared, and I know we talked about this before, I think I shared um, on a previous episode that a very wise teacher of mine said to, or asked the question of me and, and some people, what are the gifts that COVID is showing us? Um, and I'm curious for you, it sounds like this, there's a lot of gifts that have, it has shown you. And I'm curious if you can elaborate on some of those in terms of how you're thriving as opposed to surviving during this time. So um, initially, it was a relief for me because it took the burden of responsibility off my shoulders for all the people and clients and yoga classes and everything that I was doing. And what I 
realized because I grew up in a traumatic childhood that I'm not safe around people and I'm an introvert. And this gave me the opportunity to say, no, I can be in my house. Um, That's what they want. And I'm safe here. And it actually allowed me the, the opportunity to then delve into all the things that I've wanted to do with my time, which I still haven't done. But some of the inner work was I was open to that and I had more availability and time. And I also opened my heart and being to that space because I was in a happier, safer place and I wasn't like, I have to do this, this, and this. I just started like leaps and bounds. I could start feeling things happening for me um, spiritually and on all kinds of levels. And physically, I've just been doing really well. And I did have an opportunity to get COVID. Our whole house did, um, which I wasn't the least bit afraid about. Um, And it kicked my butt a little, um, but not bad. Uh, I had lingering symptoms of fatigue and some stomach stuff, which was the only thing that bothered me at all. Um, And I felt like, oh, good, I just got up-leveled to the new viral stuff my body's going to have to deal with in this day and age. And so I felt I felt honored that I that I got upgraded. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how you talk about the up leveling and the upgrading. Um, I've actually talked to a few people recently who have um, they're on their regimen of the vaccine, and one of the things they've talked about, Sharon, is that they almost immediately felt like this kind of from the inside out of uh, uh, an up leveling or an upgrading. And I think it's the way you described, it's almost like if this is the way the world has to be, sometimes we kind of have to change our our internal operating system um, a little bit. And so I'm curious, you know, from the standpoint of, you talked about it, it's almost like a great opening for you in the sense that it allowed you to access more things because you're an introvert and you were at home and it gave you much more space. Um, and the up-leveling of even going through the experience of COVID, how is everybody in your household doing now? Is everybody okay? Yeah, everyone's fine. Um, we're doing well. Um, and I don't know how they feel like I feel, but they did actually much better on the the, re- the return end of it. They seem to recuperate much better than I did. But I also carry autoimmune um, disease with me. So it's not a surprise that it hit me in my gut, which is exactly where I was in first grade with ulcers due to my traumatic childhood. So it tends to be, you know, our second brain, but also our, our, my weak spot. So it's not a surprise to me. And again, I feel like it hadn't been that much of a weak spot, but again, I feel like it got built stronger because When we live in this world and we get exposed to all the things that we get exposed to, whether it be physical on our immune system or spiritual in experiences, it builds us. And the fact, again, COVID gives you the opportunity to isolate. I mean, you you can't be around people. You get another opportunity to break down the illusions of what's happening in your body. So I feel that it's a gift. It's not an illness. It is a upgrading because my body has now learned to adapt and cope with 
what's out there. And that's what our bodies do. That's how we build immunity and strength. We, we live in it by building it. And it sometimes has to get broken down first for that to happen. Yeah, there's a lot of truth in that. Some things have to be broken down to be built back up better. Um, and I think we're seeing that on like systems. We're seeing that in institutions. We're seeing that in our bodies. We're seeing that in our minds, our homes, our offices. Um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about um, some of the gifts that you discovered being isolated. And as you described an introvert, um, I'm sort of a late um late admission introvert is what I'd call it. I, I always knew I was an introvert growing up, but I've had to perform as an extrovert in so many realms until this past year when I could really align and, as you described so well, have this expansive canvas of um, not seclusion, but isolation to reflect and, and to go inward. So I'm curious for you, like this experience seems to have been very generative. Uh, can you walk us through like what, what the past year, almost a year and a half now has, has been like for you and what were some of the gifts that have come through the work you've been doing? would love you to touch on that too. Sure. Um, I'd be happy to. So um, there's a few things going on with your question. So, Um, I am also an introvert, but have spent my life working almost 50 years now. And I've been in fields in social life. I've had to put on the personality and the mask that I created to be in the world, be safe, be accepted, and be okay with, you know, myself as well as everyone else. So the gift of COVID for that was the first time in my life I didn't have to put on a mask and go out in the world. And although this mask has been partly my personality, given and built, it still wasn't my true authentic self because it was a part of me that had to push out of the realm of comfort and safety to be in these people's world. And for me, a lot of it was very close. I mean, we're in boundary. I'm in their space real close. So I also had to break down some of my boundaries. So I had the opportunity since COVID came to really look and feel like a somatic experiencer would at how I felt through all those years and how I was coping all those years And how I really am, how my body's really telling me I am. And that's how I recognize through the last five years of somatic work and with myself is, hey, you know what? I'm not so comfortable with people. I love them. They just resonate with me. But guess what? I'm not as comfortable as I always thought I was. There's a little aspect of bracing, of guarding, of being on, being the person that I think they want me to be instead of the authentic person that I started to love and recognize when I had the opportunity to be home. Yeah, I, I definitely 
feel that and it resonates with me. <clears throat> I would love for you to define a little bit um, for those that are listening and may not know about somatic work or somatic experiences. Um, can you define that a little bit and, and help people understand that? Um, that's actually a term that has sort of entered my life in the past three to five years as well. Um, and it's really shifted kind of my perspective, but would love for you to elaborate on that for folks that maybe don't know that term, haven't come across that term. Well, somatic actually means your body, your, your whole body. And it's full of, like we are electromagnetic vibrational beings. We have the potential in us of so much more than what we have been taught and what we believe because we're kind of always taught in our head and we go around thinking in our head, and our head is a great place for us to view the world and see the world, and also to feel safe in the world, because our brain is always on task to letting us know if we're safe or not. But it's actually our body that tells us if we're safe. You can't think your way into feeling safe. You have to feel safe, and then your body then responds by being comfortable relaxed, open, expansive, creative, compassionate, available, just like a little kid in a sandbox. We're in a parasympathetic state, and the body has this neuroceptive capacity, which goes unconsciously, and we all experience it. We go into a room, and we, we orient with our eyes and ears and nose and feeling sense, how am I safe? But there's neuroceptive capacities, which is the interceptive capacity of all your organs and your body, especially your gut being your like second brain and your heart space having super six to eight feet out electrical wavelengths and frequencies. We're bringing and drawing this all in and we're recognizing it. And we then those signals go up to our brain. And the body then tells you, am I safe? And the brain decides, am I safe? So just on a thought of I've got to go somewhere, we might start to get butterflies in our stomach or nauseous. And, and that's the, the neuroceptive capacity telling you, you're not thinking you're real safe. In fact, you're considering this as a threat. And often our body will tell us first, but we ignore it. Our brain is just getting the signal and then we determine it. So the somatic is getting back in touch with this beautiful capacity that we have shut down or disassociated from. And it happens really, uh, disassociation happens with trauma. It shuts us off from our body. It shuts us off from our, our free prefrontal cortex as well. But we also learn in this world, in socialization, to shut it down, to shut the body down and don't have the experiences. Because when you're little, you may have an authentic anger at your mother or father. And when you start to express that, you get shut down, you get disciplined, it's hard. And so we shut down our body to be safe and keep survival with the person. So we give over our authentic authority to that person, and we start shutting down our authenticity of who we are in our body to survive. Yeah, it's it's 
what you're talking about is really powerful stuff. And I think um, there's two things that come to mind. Um, one is this sense of when when you can express and you're not throttled or bridled in a way that is all too familiar, right? Societal, parental, systemic. I think we're seeing this on a very global scale where people are expressing and um, not not throttling, essentially. And it's changing a lot of what we see in the world, um, which I think is really wonderful. Um, but I also know it, it's very much a disruption to the way things um, have been for a long time. Um, and what comes to mind also that I'd love your thoughts on is, you know, when you talk about that somatic experience and the heart space and that, that, um, that circumference of the eight feet around us, right, that you can sort of feel and pick up. Um, I'm one of those people who used to be able to walk into a room and very quickly pick up on all of the circumferences around bodies in the room. And in, in, a, in a way, you can't even have words for it. You just have a sense as you're describing, which is, do I feel safe? Is this person going through something tough? Is that person experiencing joy? Like all of these things as frequencies would just kind of align and almost in an invisible way, I'd be able to read the room. So my question for you is, have you had discussions or thoughts about the fact that that's almost like a muscle, right? Like I would move through spaces and be in offices and airports and hotels and you'd, I got really good at that and I'm very good at that. Is there any concern or wonder that in all this isolation, that's, that's dwindled? Will that go, will that capability or competency dwindle at all when I go back into the world and, and re-enter that way? It's something I hadn't really thought about until you started talking about some of this, Sharon. Would love your thoughts. Well, you know, I love to give my thoughts and opinions, and I, I, I'm grateful you asked because I love to interject them sometimes when I'm not asked. So first I want to touch on the what we know science-wise is we have six to eight feet out. But in other realms, they tell us we could go through the universe. We, we're connected on these light frequencies and vibrations everywhere. But I believe that for man to excel in the systems that they create, political, religious, familiar new systems, we have to be put into a box. And for that to happen, we have to shut, just like I mentioned in the experience of shutting myself down as a young person to be safe. We are trained this way by every system to not honor these gifts. The gifts you have, I have had the exact same ones my entire life. There was a part of me deep inside that says, I'm not taking this away and no one's going to take it away from me. But for a lot of majority of people, I believe they have to, to feel safe and know that they can, their mom and dad or their family will be there and they won't be ostracized or kicked out or, and have that whole rejection and abandonment to deal with um, because then you aren't safe. So we're always competing with safety. And it's no surprise to me that we are told to be kept six feet apart because, hey, when I can't stay within six feet of your boundaries, I'm not going to get that loving, soothing 
feeling or even the angry feeling. I'm going to have less of that. I'm going to lose even more of my interoceptive capacities and abilities to respond on that level. So I do think, and isolation is one of the biggest coercion tools that society uses on people that are being punished because we are meant to be connected, close. This is when people are safe is when they're in their tribe and they're around the people that love and care for them. And suddenly all that's being taken away. And yes, it's going to affect us. It's going to affect our neuroplasticity because whenever we've done something long enough, the brain responds in kind and stops using those neural pathways that we aren't using anymore, which is why things become familiar. So this could, um, this new thing could easily become way too familiar on our brain and thus our body for us losing even more of that capacity. And, and so when we treat trauma in the somatic way, we start to develop and build a relationship with our body. We start to love our body. We start to trust our body. And we have to heal by feeling the sensations of the very painful things that got us there. But when those painful sensations and chemicals and densities are released from our nervous system, it opens up, again, a new level, a new ability to sense ourselves deeper, fuller, more vital and whole. And now we are more open to the suggestion and frequencies of what's surrounding us. But as long as we stay dense and heavy, which again is helpful to all the rest of the world that wants us to be good little people, we're going to remain in kind of this box that doesn't feel so fulfilling and we don't feel so vital and whole. But it's, it's not about us. It's about creating the society that certain few powerful entities want. Yeah, I appreciate you, you know, you walking through that. It, it reminds me a little bit of a question I actually had yesterday with some peers. And, you know, depending on where people are out in the world, we're seeing some places go back into lockdowns or seeing place, some places come out of lockdowns. And so there's this real interesting um, you know, exchange of that energy. And we're kind of in that place of, do I meet up with someone? Do I not? Like, you know, where, again, where, where people are at in the regimen of vaccines or not. And one of the, the, the questions I had for people yesterday was, um, do you think when we meet up again, it's, it's going to feel as if we're meeting for the first time? And the reason I asked that question is because there are people I've worked with for five plus years, and I can say I know them, and they can say they know me, but I'm not the same person. They're not the same person. To your point earlier about up-leveling and isolation and introspection and interception, I said to them, is it, or I should say, I asked them, is it going to be okay that when I meet you, I, I'm almost experiencing it or probably behaving as if I'm meeting you for the first time and you're meeting me for the first time? And just by putting that out there, Sharon, it was really interesting. What you just did is exactly what they did. Their shoulders dropped. They exhaled. 
they said, oh, wow. And I felt a sense of relief just by asking the question and stating it. Um, and I know it's controversial because there are all these people we know and we've worked with, but something inside me just says, this is a reset and I'm going to be meeting these people for the first time again. It's going to feel like the first day of school and I've got my locker and you're next to me and I say, hi, I'm Bill. I'm just curious your thoughts on that. Oh, I love your question and I love your ideas and the way your brain works. Um, so yes, I think you're absolutely right that it's going to be like we're meeting one another for the first time. Because when we meet, we meet nervous system to nervous system. And our nervous systems have been changed over this. There's been a fear mongering, if you want to call it, happening, putting people in a state of stress, panic, fear, threat, which changes them. So we are each changed, which I said I feel like I was changed and up-leveled in a more beautiful way. But for the majority of people, they're living under this state of fear, which under stress, our body and our nervous system changes us entirely, shuts us down from even wanting to connect with people, having any compassion for any people, and it changes us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So yeah, if depending on where you spent the last year, and if you were in society's fear bubble, you are a completely different person, probably even looking at somebody completely different. And I suspect I'm completely different, and people say, oh, you just seem so grounded and relaxed. And I'm like, yeah, because I am way more than I was. I feel I'm much more full of love and light. I feel like I'm much more connected to the earth and the heavens. And I'm getting closer to realizing my full potential. But I look at other people and I, I work with them and they're going downhill and on all those levels. So we are exactly right, Bill. I love it. You, We are completely different beings and we relate on nervous system to nervous system, which is how you connect when you go anywhere. We all do unless we've completely shut down. That's how we connect. Even on this, you're in a complete across the United States, but we are still connecting energetically and we know it. And we can feel it. And we can feel it when we're in the same room. And yeah, they can keep us six feet apart. And that probably has some effect, especially for little people. This is what I'm really concerned about is the little nervous systems that are learning this. Um, but it, it definitely is a completely new person that we will be seeing um, for a lot of reasons, too, just but mainly, I think, the fear that they've been living under. Yeah, I think there's, a, there's also a level of, um, of grace that was in the question I asked my colleagues yesterday because this aspect of you would give anyone grace the first time they were meeting someone because of all the things you've talked about, right? All of the expectations, all of the wonder, all of the fears, all the trauma that we carry. And I'm really glad that you're naming it because... There's, I think sometimes in certain societies, there's this pressure to, okay, well, now that everything's better, let's just remember the better. 
Um, let's not honor the grief. Let's not honor the trauma. But all of those things, as you described in, in the somatic, have shaped us. They've shaped our nervous system. They've shaped our cerebral activity. They've shaped our interconnected activity. Um, and so I'd be curious to hear from you as you're working with clients, as you're talking to people, what is the balance that comes up in terms of seeing, naming, honoring that trauma and grief and also moving forward? Because I don't think the two are mutually exclusive, but I think sometimes systemically and societally, there's a pressure to, okay, we're all good now. Like, let's just forget it. It's kind of like when a kid falls down and you say to the kid, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, right? You do that thing. And, the, and to your point, the child knows that their body or their nervous system has taken a hit and they're trying to sort of respond, but they look to an adult and the adult makes them conform to say, you're okay, you're okay, see me, you're okay, you're okay. And then, and then they like brush it off and that's a disconnection from the body. So I'm just curious, what's the balance that you're, that you're encountering right now with people and clients in your work? So balance is something that has really been hard for people to achieve for a very long time because of that disconnect that we experience usually so very, very young. It's almost impossible not to experience losing our, th- our true authentic perceptions internally as well as externally because we needed that validation from an authority figure to stay safe. So for the clients that I work with and everyone that I've ever experienced my whole entire career, um, it becomes a balance of loving yourself enough to honor who and how you really are, how you present, how you really feel about something, how what you really think about something, and how you really feel, not just emotionally or mentally with a thought, but in your body. And that's what my job is, is helping facilitate that you have this whole body full of, in fact, even more, in my opinion, of information to help you get through your life with, with skills and and capacities well beyond just your brain and what you've learned in this world. And we've cut it off. So first we learn to get relaxed and comfortable and start to feel some of that powerful, I am, I am okay, I am more than just what I thought I've been. And then start to release some of that negative, heavy, dense trauma, which starts to build the balance of, oh, this feels good. Instead, I'm always feeling this way, super hyper and vigilant and guarded. Wow. And then they start to explore, ooh, wow, I love this way this feels. And I ask them to curiously come deeper into this, spend more time in your life with this, no judgment on this, start to explore it. This is part of the treatment and therapy. We explore all this and compassionately start to build the muscle of loving ourselves to feel this, express it, and start to honor it. So then the, the tables start to tip a little so that soon there is this balance. And when this balance of 
the trauma has resolved somewhat, that the prefrontal cortex has come back, the hypersensitivities and vigilance of the body start to come down, and we start to be more aware of where we can be in a more powerful, empowered state, parasympathetic, relaxed, digest, heal, respond from a state of full power, then the balance actually goes into, I mean, we don't even need balance anymore. We come into a wholeness that doesn't necessarily have a balance scale, I think. Yeah, I I think it's very powerful to be reminded that the body will just automatically find that homeostasis and as you're describing it I'm reminded so much of like the vagus nerve and the work that um, I've learned about that sort of vagal response Um, and you also hit on something that I think is worth naming I mean this aspect of like the the original super information highway is the human body I mean there are 37 miles or 60 kilometers of nerves in the body. Like if you lay it out in length, it's 37 miles long. Um, And to your point around the human body and the experience and what it's like when we gather and coalesce and are in each other's presence. I mean, if every individual has 37 miles of nerves in them, imagine the power of what that's like when we're in each other's ecospheres and and the, the power of what we can do. And we've seen this in, in movements and in social movements and change and hope and creativity that's really come. I think it's really an important thing to remember as we think about um, going beyond and going, you know, into these new pathways um, of, of what's ahead. Because we've, we've never sat still so long. And I'm hoping that there's a lot of people that know more about their nervous system and their body and their somatic experience and their fascia. That's another word that I came across a couple years ago. And I was like, I had no idea there was this like mesh netting in your body that carries a lot of this and holds a lot of this trauma. And something as simple as I was taught to take a tennis ball, put it under sort of the bridge of your foot and just like roll it back and forth, right? And, and just that movement and that pressure can release a lot of things that are stuck in the fascia and we we carry a lot of pressure points and things like that so I'm hopeful that people are really going to learn and listen to what is the true the true beacon which is the human body I, I so agree with you and bringing up that tennis ball reminds me that when I'm teaching yoga I we ask to have the feet without socks or anything, there are 7,000 nerve endings on your feet. When you're a little baby and a little child, we experience the world through our somatic work. We smell, we feel, we touch, and we learn the whole world by putting it in our mouth or or experiencing it. And our feet have 7,000 nerve endings because there's so much information that's going up to the brain. Again, neuroceptively, we have no idea, but How do you know that you're standing still or you're walking and you're not falling? Because all that information is coming up from your feet, giving you a proprioceptive idea of where your body is in space and also letting you know if you start to trip, 
most people don't fall because that's the genius of this body is it has all this capacity and these nerves firing at you know well lightning speeds and and it's keeping you safe because again the body is always keeping us safe using the mind and the tools to to keep us safe and when we start to develop those uh tools and start to love and honor the body we start to recognize that oh wow you know it's just only letting me know that I'm not feeling real comfortable right now or when it when you get ill oh it's make actually I don't think about getting ill it's your immune system making you well because when you had eat bad food you throw up and have diarrhea because this is how your body makes you well it eliminates the stuff you're not supposed to have in it and COVID is really a bunch of immune system responses that your body is letting you know we need to clear it out and get it going. And physically, we all need to keep ourselves in really good physical form for us to really feel and know and be aware on deep levels where we're at. And eating the processed foods and, and taking care of into the sad, the standard American diet and and poor air quality and all the poor water quality and all the stuff that that we have to live with is not helping our capacity to honor and live in this body. We need it to be in a super high quality level. Um, and that's really important too for us to connect with it. Because what you're saying is um, that fascia is full of not just neurons, but a there's photoreceptors over our entire body also letting us know partly what's happening surrounding us. And that fascia is being informed by our outside surroundings. And that's partly how we know it's time to go to sleep at night because the photoreceptors are letting us know, oh, it's getting late. And so all this body needs really good water because we are more water than anything for all these connections to really work and for us to to really thrive. And um, I love what you said about the fascia and everything because the hands also have a lot more space in the brain with nerve endings. So these two things really inform our brain, not just what's happening in our body, but also what's happening in our outside world to keep us safe. So walk around without shoes on your feet, people. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would say there's that sensation that we all know is when we were a child, and I encourage people to do it more often. Walk in the grass in your bare feet. And it's just such a, it's such a wonderful reminder of that. Not only that childlike wonder, but to your point around the 7,000 nerve endings in the feet, right? Um, and then, you know, just the phrenic nerves, like you described, what's in our hands. If, any, if anybody's ever had a hand massage or a forearm massage, you know how amazing that can feel because these are these are truly sort of the tools that we use to stay to eat to stay safe in life to communicate and oftentimes they're working a lot but they're not necessarily cared for a lot so when you get that forearm or hand massage or foot massage it feels amazing well there's a reason right because there's thousands of nerve endings and you're freeing up the fascia and you're taking out some of the kinks and you know, as soon as we bring our attention, awareness, and focus to something, just our hands, they start responding our, in, in a physical way. 
And like you said, and we realize it when it happens, but it's so easy to ignore and just push through. Absolutely. No, it's a very, it's a very, uh, very valid point and important one to remember. You know, these are not just for typing and eating and doing push-ups or what have you. Um, they are these little receptors that remind us who we are and um, whether we're safe. And I also look forward to the day that I can hug people again <laughs> with these with these hands and these arms. Um, where can people find find you, find more about you? This is really timely, beautiful work. I'm really glad our paths crossed. Um, you're right, you're on the East Coast, I'm on the West Coast. We met sort of, sort of, sort of through a virtual networking. Um, your work is so important for so many right now and for you. Where can people find out more about you and maybe connect with you? Oh, thank you for asking. Yes, um, I have a website, uh, creatingserenitynow.com, and it has all my social media and my email and contact information there. It also has a wonderful uh, link to the ACEs quiz, which we didn't talk about this time. But that is just a 10-question quiz that was done 20 years ago, and it gives you an idea of the kind of childhood you went through and you add points, and the more points that you have, the greater chance that your adulthood is going to have a shorter lifespan, illness of a lot of kinds, mental as well as physical, and a lot of other issues because the impact that your nervous system had growing up in a traumatic environment. So, um, there's also the link to that. So if you're curious about, oh, I wonder what my childhood would be like on this test. There's also some explanations about how you might be feeling um, and how, um, how the work goes. And I offer a free discovery session so we can spend an hour so that somebody can get introduced to what is she talking about. We get to, we get to play with it, experience it, get introduced to it, and just start to have a little understanding about you know, what the heck is she talking about? Because once you experience something, it's completely different than what you can think about it. And so for us, it's called experience, somatic experiencing, because if you don't experience it, if you don't wrap your hands around that ball or whatever hug or whatever we want, we don't really know what we're missing and we don't know what we got. Um, so I love to offer that so somebody can actually have some experience. Thank you. And I definitely think we should do a second episode to talk about the ACEs quiz. I need to take it for one um, and see where I land. Um, and that's certainly probably worthy of a whole nother episode because once we get into that, it unpacks a lot, I imagine, for people. Well, it unpacks a lot. And that's when I get the opportunity to talk about some of my fun stuff because I'm also a science geek. You can probably tell a little. But um, we, get to talk, we could talk about how the nervous system is impacted as a young child because our nervous system is actually not on board totally when we're born. And I love to talk about why trauma is so impactful on young people because they don't have the ventral vagal portion of their nervous system, which is how we learn to have capacity, resilience, deal with the stress, and then come back down into the homeostasis of relaxation. And so it's so important to have an understanding of that, in my opinion, 
because it takes away the judgment because our society loves to stigmatize people. That was your past. Get over it. And when a person realizes, oh, wow, this happened to me and I had no control over it, and this is the actual physical reason, it takes the burden of guilt, shame, judgment away from us and we can open ourselves to a little bit of curiosity about, oh, and maybe I can even help myself get better because, you know, I've got some ideas of what actually happened. Yeah, it's it's certainly an exciting, you know, possibility to think about. Um, thanks for creating this moment of serenity for me this morning. Um, this was a great conversation. I really appreciate you joining. I'm, I'm excited to share, share what you do and um, have others find out and connect and look forward to connecting again, maybe on a future episode. Well, I thank you for the invitation and, um, and this, the opportunity to spend some time with you. Um, and as we talked about before, you have a beautiful voice which is part of the social engagement system where people feel safe and welcome. And I know that everyone that's listening is going to know that they feel safe and welcome. Um, and I felt the same. And I want to thank you for offering me the space to be who I am and offer some tips, tools, and serenity. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sharon. I appreciate it. It's an honor to echo the story that you're telling in the world. And I look forward to connecting again in the future. Me too. Thank you.